It's empty in the valley of your heart The sun, it rises slowly as you walk Away from all the fears and all the faults you've left behind The harvest left no food for you to eat You cannibal, you meat-eater, you see But I've seen the same, I know the shame in your defeat Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the St. Ambrose University Sports Radio Show here on KLA HG2 106.1. This is Schistel Speak Sports, the St. Ambrose University Sports Radio Show, and I am your host, Ryan Schistel. Today is Thursday, September 28th, and it was a bit of a cooler day today. Um, Beautiful weather, though. Sun was out almost the entirety of the day. I only had one class today really and that was nice working on a group project for my sports marketing class and sports management uh worked on a few stories for sau tv i've gotten a lot of recording and editing done throughout the day up here in the kala studios and it's going to be a beautiful day we've got some thursday night football on tonight after the show that i get to go home and watch have some dinner with my roommates so it's been a great day overall so, really, just looking at it, I, I got to start it off by saying a bit of a disclaimer once again. The thoughts and opinions shared in this show are mine and mine only. They are not necessarily those of KALA Radio or St. Ambrose University. Now, this week, there is a lot to unpack throughout the different fall sports going on around St. Ambrose, and we're going to switch it up this time. Um, normally, I end with football, but I'm going to start it out with football because there is something kind of important that I would like to just kind of discuss, and we're not going to talk about it for too long, maybe only a minute or two, but it is something that needs to be said. So over this past weekend, I was one of the two broadcasters for St. Ambrose's home football game against the St. Francis of Indiana Cougars. During the game's broadcast, I kind of let my emotions and maybe slight frustrations from this season get the better of me. And I feel like I was a bit too critical of our football team and the players' performances during the game. To the players, the coaches, the families who who may have been listening, and the alumni who, like I said, were either watching on the Fighting Bean Network or listening to the game here on KALA, I apologize for some of the things I may have said, and it will not be happening again. Now that we're over that, let's look at the game against the Cougars of St. Francis. The Bees suffered a 28-9 loss, and at the end of the first quarter, the Bees and Cougars were deadlocked at zero. The Bees would score first in the second quarter, going up 3 to nothing, but the Cougars would storm back and score two back-to-back touchdowns, taking a 14-3 lead into the half. Coming out of the half, the Cougars would put up a touchdown in both the third and fourth quarters, and the Bees wouldn't find the scoreboard again until there was about a minute and a half left in the game. Tom Casey found Jalen Coleman in the end zone on a 15-yard pass with that minute and a half left to give the Bees their only touchdown of the game, and then the extra point was kind of a bad snap, and then it turned into a fire call two-point conversion that was unsuccessful for the Bees. Overall, for the Bees, not 
the worst game they've played this year. Um, you know, offensively, I would like to see the Bees get going a bit earlier on in the game. I feel like by the time they really find their groove and get hot, they're already down, whether it be even a single score or a considerable margin. But I would really appreciate it. And I think a lot of Bees fans and Bees players are hoping that in games upcoming, the Bees will be able to score pretty fast in the game and keep that going throughout the entirety. Because I know I'm hungry for a win. David Meyer, my other broadcast partner, is hungry for a win. And I'm sure this team and the coaches are hungry for a win. So it'll be very interesting to see how the rest of the season goes. But going back to that St. Francis game, you know, defensively, the Bees made a few really nice plays, created a few turnovers, but they also gave up a few pretty big plays that really you can't let happen. You know, there were times that it'd be 3rd and 15, 3rd and 20, somewhere in between there, and all of a sudden the Cougars would just throw a deep pass up, really sometimes even into double coverage, and they would come down with the ball for a first down. The Bees, DBs, um, gave up a, a few big pass plays, but you're not going to be able to stop every single pass. And I think that's one thing that Bees fans need to remember. You can't stop every pass. There are a few that I bet if we could go back and, you know, the Bees are able to break up or, you know, just the Cougars pass falls incomplete, maybe the tide changes of the game. You really can't say unless you go back in history, which obviously just isn't doable. But, you know, it, it's one of those things where, all around, all three facets of the game of offense, defense, and special teams could have been a little bit better. Like I said, defensively gave up a few big plays, and that kind of hurt momentum for the Bees. Um, on special teams, a few just questionable plays. Um, Kicking-wise, Joe Namio went, I want to say, one for three. He hit the upright once and went short with the kick once. And then obviously made the first field or made a field goal that gave the Bees their first points of the game. On punt returns, one thing that I found interesting, both teams would have their return man back deep, and then the return man would let the ball bounce. The defenders would be running right next to the ball, and then the return men would jump on it. Now, for the Cougars, you want to keep doing that, do it. Um, for the Bees, I personally would rather we not do that because that's an easy way for the opposing team to come away with the ball if you try to jump on it and it just kind of squirts away from you. So I would like to see that ball even, I would like to see that ball either get fielded cleanly by the deep return man or I would like to see you just let the ball kind of bounce and, you know, realistically, both times that the Bees did that, that ball was bouncing really out of bounds and even if it hadn't gone out of bounds, you're probably not giving up too many yards. So that is one thing I'd like to see cleaned up. Offensively, not much going on for the Bees. Uh, passing game was okay. Tom Casey threw at least one interception, might have thrown two. And rushing just was getting absolutely nowhere. Kane King was getting locked down the entire game. Jeffrey Elms was probably the best running back for the Bees. And even so, Elms was not able to get much going on the ground. So if the Bees are going to go back to being a ground-and-pound team like they have in the past, uh, the running backs are going to have to put in a lot more work almost as if they were in week one when Caden King was tearing it up against Taylor and rushing for a good amount of yards. So I I think offensively, if the Bees are going to go back to the run game, uh, you know, the offensive line is a bit beat up. They've got backups in. They're a younger offensive line, but to some extent, that can't be any excuse, and I'm not trying to make excuses. I just think that all around, you're going to want 
to have some better blocking up front, and that's both for the passing game and the rushing game. You know, one thing that we've talked about was the center, Robert Clark, uh, a few bad snaps throughout the year. He was pretty good in last week's uh, affair. I don't really remember there being any bad snaps. Uh, I think, if anything, if we wanted to talk about a few questionable snaps, it could come from the long snapper for the Bees, and even so, they weren't bad snaps. They were just kind of snaps that floated back to Tyler Locke, the punter, instead of kind of being line drives, and that created some opportunities for blocks from the Coug- for the Cougars that, luckily, they did not capitalize on. Now looking ahead, the 0-5 Bees will be traveling to the 2-2 Roosevelt Lakers with kickoff scheduled for 2 p.m. from Arlington Heights, Illinois. David Meyer will be the lone broadcaster on the call for that game, and this is the first game of conference play in the MSFA Midwest League for the Bees, so it would be awesome to see the Bees at least start out conference play undefeated, and it would be huge because after this game, the Bees have back-to-back bye weeks. Looking back, the Roosevelt Lakers have taken both of the past two games that they've faced off against the Bees. The most recent game was last year at Brady Street Stadium, in which the Lakers won 17-3. So hopefully the Bees can turn the tide and win this game. Because not only would it be nice to get your first win of the season going into the bye weeks, but it would be awesome to be undefeated in conference play going into the bye week. Now looking at SAU Soccer. In the world of SAU soccer, the Fighting Bees woman had two games this past week. On Saturday, the Bees took on St. Xavier, the Cougars winning 3-1 from the St. Vincent's Athletic Complex. Part of my wording there, the Bees beat the Cougars 3-1. Don't want it to make it sound like the Bees lost when they did not. Mia Hefner would score the first goal for the Bees in the 16th minute, with Kendall Went adding another in the 22nd for the Bees to take a 2-0 lead into the half. In the second half, St. Xavier's Louisa Schreiber netted a goal, drawing the Bees' lead down to just one. However, Kendall Went would get the last laugh, netting her second goal of the game in the 55th minute and solidifying the Bees' win. Yesterday, the Bees played their second game of the week as they took on the Judson Eagles once again at home. In that game, it was a demolition derby with the Bees winning by a score of 8-2. The Bees put up four goals in the first half and four in the second as Judson was only able to find the back of the net twice, both of those coming in the second half. Scoring was started pretty early on by Caitlin Brunson who put up a goal in the 14th minute. Taylor DeSplinter would follow suit, putting up a goal in the 23rd minute to make the score 2-0 in favor of the Bees. In the 31st minute, Caitlin Brunson would net her second goal of the game, with Taylor DeSplinter and Denia Elzine getting the assists to make it 3-0 Bees. Then, only two minutes later exactly, in the 33rd minute, Lauren Bendel would net the fourth goal of the game for the Bees crediting Caitlin Brunson with the assist to take that 4 to nothing lead into the halftime break. Coming out of the break, it would be the Eagles getting score and going first as Daisy Garcia would net a goal in the 51st minute and Kelly Leon would net a goal in the 53rd minute, both for the Eagles drawing the lead down to 4-2. to two. Then, Caitlin Brunson would strike once again in the 55th minute to make the score 5-2 on the unassisted goal. And then Kendall Went 
would find the back of the net in the 63rd minute to make it 6-2. Maria Luisa Coelho, Coelho pardon me, would net the 7th goal of the game for the Bees in the 85th minute, and Jenna Horst would net a goal in the 86th minute to make that the final score of 8-2 for the Bees. Now, obviously, you look at this score, 8-2, to two, and you think, man, overall, just such a great game for the Bees. And it really was. Shots-wise, the Bees took 26 total shots, 13 in either half, and Judson only took 9. And the Bees, actually, funny enough, when you look at the saves count, Judson had 9 saves. The Bees only had 3. The goalie for the Bees, being Rachel Willette. She only faced those five shots on goal, though, saving three and giving up those two in her 90 minutes of action. Eva Fernandez was the goalie for Judson, facing those 17 shots, giving up eight and saving nine. So, again, like I said, this is just an overall great team effort, a big win for the Bees, their second in a row. But one player that you just have to give a shout-out to is Caitlin Brunson. I mean, Brunson nets a hat trick, putting up three goals, two in the first half and then the one in the second half. But she also picks up an assist. So an overall great day for Brunson. Outside of that, I mean, when you really look at it, you've got Brunson and then just looking at it really quick here. Six different Bs scoring in this game. So, unbelievable stuff. It was really cool to, you know, just kind of get to look at your phone, or look at my phone, I guess I should say, and think to myself, man, six Bs scored, eight to two, that's not a soccer score. You know, that's, in this day and age, almost a baseball score. And so, congratulations to the Bs on that blowout win. Looking ahead for the women's team, the Bees will take their two-game winning streak into Indiana Northwest next Tuesday at home from the St. Vincent's Athletic Complex at 6 o'clock. The Bees currently sit with a record of 5-4 and four and a conference record of 3-1. and one. For the men's team, they started their week off with a 2-1 to one win over St. Xavier, picking up the first win of the season. In that game, both Justin Tackett and Ryan Evans netted first half goals for the Bees, taking a 2-0 lead into the half. In the second half, the Cougars' Pablo Guerrero netted a goal in the 83rd minute, as it would be their only scoring play, and the Bees held on to win. Then, on Tuesday, the Bees faced off against Judson, and in that game, it was a 3-1 loss. Judson would net three goals quickly in the first half, and really, I want to say scoring was probably starting in about the 10th minute of action, but it was kind of three just back-to-back-to-back goals that the Eagles had scored. And the Bees wouldn't be able to score until the 72nd minute with Keaton Johnson netting the lone goal for the Bees. Looking ahead for the men's team, the Bees will take on Indiana Northwest from the St. Vincent's Athletic Complex, just like the women's team, but this game will be played on Wednesday at 5 o'clock. The Bees now have a record of 1-4-2, with a conference record that is also not super good. I mean, obviously, 1-4-2 and two just isn't great for the beginning of the season for this men's team, but that conference record is 1-2. and two. Quickly covering SAU tennis before the commercial break, the men's team had one match this past week, taking on Cornell from Davenport West High School. 
in that matchup. The Bees took two of the three doubles matches and four of the singles matches, with the Bees ending up coming away with this one 5-2. Looking ahead for the men's team, they'll take on Wisconsin Lutheran Friday at noon and Buena Vista Saturday at 10 o'clock a.m. Both matches will be played here in Davenport. The Bees now have a record of 3-2 and look to build upon that win column with these being the last two matches for the fall season. Women's tennis is continuing to struggle, however, as they drop to Truman State by a score of 5-2. Then, yesterday, the Bees took on Illinois College, picking up the loss by a score of 8-1. The lone point for the Bees came from Julia Turek in her singles match. Now, the Bees, with a record of 0-5, We'll close out the fall season facing Cornell Saturday at 1.30 from Davenport West High School. That's going to do it for the first half of tonight's episode of Schistel Speak Sports. When I return, it'll be St. Ambrose golf and women's volleyball as the main talking points. I ensure you, you do not want to touch that dial because this is the place to be on your Thursday night. I'm Ryan Schistel, and this is KALA HD2 106.1. What do our fans love about KALA? We met up with some at a local jazz show to find out. What is it that you like about the station? Well, how much time do you have? Best in gospel, best in R&B, best in hip hop, uh, and we do uh, Southern Soul, Blues, the whole gamut. I like like music, period. So so KALA has, has that variety that It really kind of hits me. I love the gospel. KALA Radio, one of a kind, just like you. Today's hit music. It's on The Stinger. The Stinger is more than music. You can binge on your favorite KALA podcast series. Take us along anywhere you go on any device. Find The Stinger now at tunein.com. Search for The Stinger, operated by KALA 88.5 FM. The Stinger. Today's hit music. St. Ambrose University Sports, KALA Davenport. Welcome back into the studios of KALA HD2 106.1. This is the second half of the St. Ambrose University Sports radio show, Schistel Speak Sports, and I'm your host, Ryan Schistel. In the first half of tonight's episode, I talked about football, soccer, and tennis. Now it's golf and volleyball. Let's start things out with the St. Ambrose golf team. The St. Ambrose women's team is still on their hiatus as they will pick up action in 11 days on the 9th. I'll preview that more in next week's episode. The men's team hasn't shied away from the action as they look to build upon their first place finish coming into this week's NAIA Midwest Invitational. From the Invitational, however, the Bees were only able to place 9th, shooting 52 over par as a team. Looking at that stat, the Bees were 31 shots behind Marion and Midland who tied for first. Individually, Jacob Stotzel was the best golfer for the Bees. However, he only ended up tying for 24th place at 10 over par. Overall, it wasn't the best tournament for the Bees, especially when you think about how they were coming off of that first place finish in their previous tournament. However, I wouldn't look too deep into things. Um, 
you know, this is one of those teams at SAU that are very easily able to bounce back from the adversity. So I am, A, I'm not, like, shocked that the Bees weren't able to come in first. Obviously, if you're playing in the Midwest Invitational for the NAIA, you're playing the best of the best schools in the region. So that right away is one of those signs where you look at things and you say to yourself, okay, well, if they're going up against the best of the best, we can't necessarily just automatically say, hey, you guys got first last time. You have to get first this time. You know, obviously, we'd like to see the Bees come in at least top five. But once again, that's not always going to happen. So, again, I'm not too worried about this Bees team only being able to come in ninth. I'm not too worried that the best golfer individually came in 24th. But it is something that I think the Bees do need to build upon. And they can build upon it this weekend. As looking ahead for the Bees, they'll be competing in the Central Fall Invitational from Iowa City on Monday and Tuesday, actually, of next week. Good luck to them, and I'll have the stats and stuff from that tournament in next week's episode. And like I said, I will be previewing the women's golf team as they will be returning to action soon. On Tuesday, the Bees had their pink-out night for women's volleyball from Lee Loman Arena against the St. Xavier Cougars. In that one, it was a tough loss for the Bees by a score of two games to three. Breaking it down, the Bees narrowly took games one and two before losing all of the last three games. Mackenzie Grafton led the Bees as normal with 17 kills, as the team racked up a total of 52 kills. After that match against St. Xavier, the Bees sit with an overall record of nine wins and nine losses. They are currently in a tie of fifth place in the CCAC, and they are only one and a half games back from both Judson and St. Xavier, who are tied for first. Good luck to the Bees in you know, the rest of their season, especially tonight. The Bees are now set to take on the Tigers of Olivet Nazarene tonight on the road from Bourbonnet, Illinois at the Mackay Arena. After, the, after this, the Bees will have a match with Trinity Christian on Tuesday at home and a match with Roosevelt on the road. Women's volleyball being 9-9 does not shock me. Um, I think this is a team that can definitely be above 500. And like I have talked about in the past, a lot of the games that these Bs are losing, or I should say a lot of the matches these Bs are losing, are extremely close. I mean, you look at the St. Xavier game, three games to two. I'll, I mean, if you're going to lose, you might as well keep it close. And even all three of the games that the Bs lost, were incredibly close. Um, looking at tonight against Olivet Nazarene, this is a big one for the Bees. Obviously, it's another conference opponent, but I just looking at where the teams stand in the grand scheme of things, these teams are tied at 3-2 and two in the conference. So automatically, one of these teams is going to be dropping in the ranks. One of these teams has a good chance of moving up in the ranks. The Bees, like I said, are 9-9. Nine and nine. Olivet Nazarene, 5-6 and six, coming into this match overall. And this game is always a little bit fun for me whenever the Bees get to play Olivet Nazarene, really in all sports, but especially women's volleyball because one of my friends from back home plays for the women's volleyball team at Olivet. So it's always kind of fun to get to talk back and forth with her and just kind of have a, I don't want to call it a rivalry, but just a little friendly 
dispute over who's going to win in the different sports. Like last year, when the Bees went to Olivet for the first round of the CCAC tournament in women's basketball, you know, obviously that game doesn't go the way of the Bees, but I was there to call the game with Luke Vera, and my friend was there, so I got to say hi to her for the first time in a long time. So it is always kind of fun when Olivet gets to play the Bees. Closing out the episode tonight, the last board I will be talking about, actually wasn't even planned to talk about, but I'll do a little brief overview, is swimming and diving, because that is not a sport I have talked about at all this year, and that's mainly because last Saturday was the first time that at least the men's swim and dive team has competed. In the opening competition for the men's swimming and diving team, they went up against Olivet Nazarene at the Central Natatorium. I think I'm saying that wrong, but that's how we're going to say it anyways, on Saturday here in Davenport. And that one, it was a 153-62 to victory for the Bees over the Tigers. So absolute demolition over the Bees. Domination was the original word I was going for. But the Bees pick up a big win. Looking ahead now, the Bees will have the intra-squad and alumni meet from Davenport at noon this Saturday. Uh, so just kind of have fun with that. If it's an intra-squad and an alumni meet, it's always one of those kind of fun things that different sports get to do. And after that, the Bees will be out of action for just a little bit of time, but I'll talk more about that next week if we have the time and if we remember. Looking at the women's swimming and diving team to close out the episode, obviously the team also went up against Olivet Nazarene on Saturday here in Davenport. And unlike the men in their big-time win, it was a big-time loss for the Bees women's team as they fall 139-65. to So, blowout win on the men's side, not too, uh, not too good of a score for the women's team. Just like the men's team, they'll have the intra-squad alumni meet from Davenport at noon on Saturday. So... That is going to do it for this week's episode of Schistel Speak Sports on KALA HD2 106.1. I've been your host, Ryan Schistel. As always, past episodes of this program can be found on KALA streaming sites such as Spotify and SoundCloud. Just look up Schistel Speak Sports. For those who don't know how to spell my last name, it is S-C-H-I-E-S-T-E-L. Don't forget, you can tune into KALA HV2 106.1 to hear David Meyer on the call from Roosevelt for the Bees game this Saturday afternoon. I'll be back next Thursday at 6.30 p.m. for yet another episode of Schistel Speak Sports. Once again, you're listening to Schistel Speak Sports, the St. Ambrose University sports radio show here on KALA HV2 106.1. Again, I'm your host, Ryan Schistel. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and go Bees! Thank you.